0: Hey, hey, everyone, it's Michelle Balasari. Welcome back to another episode of In the Hive with Michelle B. I'm a real estate agent with Remax Services here in beautiful Boca Raton, Florida, and I love sharing information, tips, and things for you to learn all about Instagram, social media, video, marketing, and branding for your real estate business, and also talk a little bit about what this crazy business is like. In today's episode, you are going to really, really get some great information, so buckle up. Now. If you are interested in learning how to up your game on Instagram and grow your following to get more leads and referrals, then check out in the show notes my Instagram 101 for agents. You're going to love it. It's chock full of information that's relevant to us as agents. So stay tuned. Make sure you're following me at the Michelle B on Instagram and let's get started.
1: Good morning, good morning.
0: Good morning, good morning from sunny South Florida.
1: Well, good. It's it's not too sunny in Alabama right now.
0: (laughs) Oh, I'm so sorry. You can have some of my sun. It's freaking hot.
1: We've uh (laughs) we're getting some after effects of the hurricanes. We've got some rain today and tomorrow yesterday.
0: I bet you did. I mean it was uh a pretty devastating storm and we're in hurricane alley here, so I, I feel so bad for everybody that got whacked, and they got whacked really hard.
1: Yes, yes. It's, it's bad. It is.
0: Yeah. It's not all about hurricane <laughs> parties. It's a, it's about the prep and then what you have to deal with after.
1: Right, yeah. right. You know, we've been known to have tornadoes around here, so it can be bad. In fact, in 2011, we had one of the worst tornadoes, I guess, in Alabama's history, and I personally lost 26 rental houses and a commercial building total.
0: I was going to ask you about that because when we're talking about hurricanes and weather issues and stuff and with, you know, what you do, and I'm going to have you introduce yourself to everybody here, um, let's talk a little bit about the, you know, the upside and the downside. That would definitely be an issue. So go ahead, Rick, and introduce yourself. I'm so glad you're on today. I'm
1: glad uh, to be here.
0: Yeah, this will be fun.
1: Uh Well, I'm Rick Jarman. My my page is on Instagram is Real Estate Old School. I also have a YouTube page. It's Real Estate Old School. I was a full-time home builder for 31 years and did flipping on the side and buying rental property. Uh, I've been a real estate agent since 1983. I went full-time in 1984. got my broker license in 86 and had my own real estate company since 86, but I've been building for myself since 84. So, been doing it a while, about 36 years, I guess, full time.
0: Yeah, you have. And you've been doing it the whole time, man. And I've got, I never thought I'd say these words. In Tuscaloosa, Alabama.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm a gator,
0: guys. I'm a gator. So.
1: <laughs> Born and raised here, you know. Uh, yeah, I've been blessed. I haven't had had to go out of my county. I tell folks, uh, they'll ask nice. They'll ask me about Birmingham or something. I say, look, I don't know anything about that market. I don't go out of my own county.
0: Well, see, that's a really good point because I think sometimes, you know, there's so much information out there. A lot of it's not good information, but investing where you live in a, you know, certain circle of miles, there's there are things to be found and things to be had that you can invest in like you said you've done flipping your contractor and you know in today's market right now i think not just real estate agents but people in general are looking for different things to do with real estate so i'd love to hear your take on that and the pros and cons and the upside and the downside
1: well you know a lot of times uh, people get into the real estate business as an agent or whatever and then they want to get into building where I was in the building, you know, before, I got my real estate license, actually, and when I got them in 83, it was just helped help me find more deals, I thought, and then I got to selling real estate. First thing you knew, I, and you probably won't like this word either, I was working at the University of Alabama in, maintenance, oh, God, you just in housing them. maintenance for 10 years, so, <laughs> you know, I was doing all this on the side, so when I was selling enough real estate, I knew I could live on it. That's when I went full-time, built my first house. But I think for a person today with everything like it is, the cost of material and everything, if you're a real estate agent, start buying you some rental property, flip you a house or two. It works good because, you know, you have freedom in that job. You know, you set your appointments and your schedule. So if you need to check on your house between appointments, you can run by. There's not like working a nine to five where you've got lunchtime and, Maybe make a couple calls during break, you know. So, I think it's it's a good. It's just another good way to help increase your net worth as time goes on. Plus, make more money. But Mm -hmm. the big thing is, don't. If you're gonna be an investor, never think like a salesperson. And I know that's not. But it's easy to people ask me where I get most of my rentals, I buy them, whatever. Like I closed one yesterday. It was, it was in the MLS. I mean, a deal doesn't have deal written across it. I mean, you know, you've got to know your market, know what you're looking for. And most of the time, a salesperson is trained to sell. that's what they do. That's, you know, that's what you want to do. That's how you make your money. So if you decide you're going to come an investor, you've got to switch gears and think a little different.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. And, um, you're right about that. Sometimes a deal doesn't look like a deal, but if you do a little dig in, you can find a deal and make the the margins work depending on what your vision is. Is it a long term, short-term
1: exactly.
0: scenario? You know, I love I love that you said that because a lot of times you hear, well, you know, you can't find any good deals in the MLS. Well, you know, not for nothing. But how many times do real estate agents put incorrect information and like missing a bathroom or missing right. a bedroom or you, just something so important that you're like, oh, they missed that.
1: <laughs> well, you know, I've got, like I said, I've got almost 500 videos on my site. You know, I'm not trying to sell anything to anybody. I, I tell them I don't want the money. I'm doing this to help people through my videos. But I've got one video. There's a preacher over in the Ozarks of Missouri watched it. And he contacted me. And I was talking about always check the square footage yourself. Don't count on what the real estate agent says. Don't count on what the courthouse says. And he was buying a piece of property. And it wasn't as big as they were saying it was. He saved $20,000 on the deal. Went back and said, look, this is not right. And so he sent me a box of cigars. You know, as you all know, I'm a cigar smoker. So he sent me a box of good quality cigars. I I kid him. I said, that ought to be worth a box of cigars. But it's true, it happens. I mean, you know, uh, everybody gets busy. You're going to go with what the courthouse says or what the owner says, or they'll show you a set of plans. Trust me, I built enough houses, and those plans aren't always right.
0: That's a very good point, and I think that's, you know, one of the disclaimers agents, you know, do put in, many, I'm one of them, that, you know, you do need to measure. And no, don't rely on what's, necessarily in the MLS because, you know, it is what it is. But I think that's fantastic. Let me ask you a question. What out of all of the things that you purchased over the years, what what would you consider to have been today maybe your best deal?
1: You know, I've never been asked that. I've I've had a lot of good ones. I've had some bad ones, but hopefully more good ones. Oh, uh, i tell you one memorable one I had up on Lake Tuscaloosa it was a guy that developed, it was kind of early for his time. He had smaller lots, like they were going to be garden homes, but see on the lake, you know, you pump your sewage, you know, so they had satellite lots for all that, but it wasn't taken off, you know, and he promised he'd build a swimming pool and all this. And he just, he's, he's basically losing everything. And I went in and bought all the remaining lots. There were 14 of them. One of them was right on the water with a big lot, which was easy to sell. And the smaller ones that were right on the water was easy to sell. But the smaller ones that were inland, you couldn't sell them. So we went in and dredged out a little place and fixed where everybody had a boat slip. We took the double locks and made one big lot out of them. Of the oh, boat. so uh, smart. Sure. Yeah, I mean, we, he couldn't see it different than he was looking at it. And so we did. And we had a big win with it. It's just... Sometimes you got to look at it from outside because somebody gets so committed to this. You know, you've seen it. Why does somebody think this house is worth this much? It's their house, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, and, 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 you know, when you're talking pricing and things like that and you have to be able to have that honest conversation, but on the investment side, Hey, if you can't be creative and see that's to me is like perfect. That's a perfect scenario. What would be, say your, uh worst memorable experience?
1: (laughs) I got in a situation, this would have been in the 90s. uh, There was a big commercial building that was foreclosed. We were over to a friend of mine's office, there's three or four sitting there talking. They said, we ought to buy that building. Well, I did things for one person, but I've never been in a situation where there was four of us. And we went in and Mm -hmm. bought it, and it was a foreclosure, and uh, Regents Bank had it. And uh, they were financing at 100% gave us 20,000 for fix up. Cause this is, you know, in the heydays, you know, when yeah. everything was based different. And right off the bat, I had a contract where we were all, we were fixing to sell it, make like $80,000, like in two weeks, that's a lot of money. Yeah. But one guy didn't think it was enough and ended up, you know, couldn't sell it then. So finally I just said, you know, made another guy I said, you just buy us out and we're out of here, you know, cause. You know, I learned a lesson then, you know. I like having control of what I do. Or if I deal with partners, and I've got videos of how I used to deal with partners, I want them to, if they're bringing the money, I got the talent. Now, I don't mean that wrong, but I mean, you've got the talent to do what you do. If somebody's going to be an investor, you want them just to put up the money and wait on their return and let you do what you do. So that was, uh, you know, four Four builders don't need to be doing something together unless they're developing lots and splitting them up, you know.
0: I had um, an investor many years ago say to me that partners are for dancing. That's right.
1: <laughs> you know, I like I don't want to – I had a partner in my day-to-day business. Yeah. Life, and I – you know, when that, that was kind of like a bad divorce, and I've never yeah. been divorced, but I've seen enough <laughs> of them so I said never again. And my son's my partner, but that's different, you know. He's yeah, it is a real estate. I mean, he and I own some property together. But I pretty much I don't mind having partners if I'm flipping something or buying, a, you know, right something or whatever. But other than that, my day-to-day business, side, I don't want partners.
0: Yeah, um, you know, one of the things I, you know, have young adults. I have two daughters. They're twenty-five and thirty. And I've talked to them about at some point that they should really look to even buy something together, their sisters, um, to start building a little real estate portfolio because we're in South Florida. Who doesn't want to get out of, you know, up north? And, you know, so what, what advice would you give to someone who's just really wanting to start, doesn't have a lot of money? but wants to get their toe in the water of starting an invest real estate investment portfolio for themselves. Well,
1: you know, real estate, the great thing about it is working while you're sleeping. Every night when you go to bed, you buy right. Tomorrow you're going to be worth more than you were the day before. The tenant's paying for it for you. Well, the government lets you write it off. It tells you in 27 and a half years it's going to be wore out. And you get to deduct one and a 0.50 percentage every year against your income, but it's not wore well, out. It's going up in value. I mean, it's like a license to steal. So I'm thinking, you know, you just more people make their wealth. And I mean, I started out when I got married, I was a laborer in a cabinet shop, the bottom line run and uh, no education, but my wife through college, and then got into Carpenter, Prince, whatever. And who would ever dreamed, not trying to brag on myself, but I mean, where I'm at today, I always tell people when I was, my dad got disabled when I was three years old. He was a World war two veteran. He was in the VA hospital till I was like 15. Well, they lost everything they had. My mother was homeless with two kids. We, uh, we lived with an aunt of mine uh, for about a year. And then my uh, brother lived with another aunt, so it was tough. So We grew up tough, but nothing says where you are today that you got to stay. I told you, you know you're a, miss, you're, you're a, a Gator fan, but you know I told you I live three houses up from Coach Saban. I, I know. Him. He doesn't <laughs> run down here and ask me who to play, and I don't run up there and ask him. To football. But now, who would have thought? And real estate has did that for me. Yeah. Know? Working, I'm not educated. I barely got out of high school, and and I never want to say these things as a brag. I just want people to know what you can do if you're willing to do it.
0: Well, yep. I I think it's okay to brag a little bit. Anyway, I'm I'm kind of a fan of uh, you know patting yourself occasionally on on, on the back because other people won't always do that. Yeah, they get a ring
1: on bail sometime.
0: Yeah, I I, I worked for a really large company called Warner Lambert for 10 years. And when I grew up, uh, we moved to Florida when I was 14. Okay. And my parents didn't understand the importance of college. Right. They just didn't. I came from Canada. Just At the time, it just wasn't a conversation. And so when I moved here in 11th grade, that's all the kids talked about. They're either going to yeah. FSU or they're going to Florida. And finally, I was like, damn, I better get on this college train. I'm the only one in my immediate family that has a college degree. My degree's sitting right up there. I'm proud of that. But I learned a lot at Warner Lambert. Warner Lambert uh, had a great philosophy. He said, you know, it's okay occasionally to say add a boy or add a girl because not necessarily anybody's going to do it for you. And then I remember I got a great quote one time that said, if you keep looking in the rearview mirror, you're never going to move forward.
1: I see it. I see it. That's like those saying why the windshield's so much bigger than the mirror.
0: <laughs> well, see, and I love I love what you're saying because I think, unfortunately, what happens, um, and you know, we went through the housing market crash. It was devastating. Uh, we had a personal uh, situation in my in my family at the time, and it was it was just bad. And you know, I finally sat back and I talked to somebody smarter than me and they said you know maybe you should go list property instead of working with buyers right now that might be a better use of your time um, because of what you're going through and you know what it was such smart sound advice and and so see you're a smart person you're thoughtful and you don't mind sharing information and I think real estate agents in particular and and people who are interested in getting into what you've done um, appreciate the wisdom And your advice, because you know what you're talking about.
1: Well, we've had some rough times too, like everybody. I learned a lot of lessons in the nineties and what not to do. And I was very blessed that through the recession of 2008, I was able to pull back my building. I had, I just bought a million four worth of lots. And when it hit, but I was able to, you know, work through it, you know, but I had my rentals and, you know, I could live off of them. And during that time, now my son ran the new construction and, uh, I mean, the day to day of it. Yeah. And his wife had just graduated from interior design at the university of Alabama. And my wife's a graduate there too. Also. But anyway, <laughs> uh, and, and <laughs> so, you know, there wasn't any work for him or her. Yeah. He couldn't find jobs. So what we did, we, we had, kind of tested the waters with buying up furniture and flipping it and uh we opened the interior and the antique store and for four, oh, I love years, that. four years we had that business up and running doing about 150,000 year growth that I didn't take anything out of but they made their living out of it of course my son to him it was just moving furniture you know I enjoyed it because I could see just like a house you know buying it what it was going to look like and it was sales right. you, know, you got to love sales it, if when you sell something, I don't care if it's uh, at a garage sale or a house, if it doesn't ring your bell, you're in the wrong business. That's just. Well, uh,
0: let me tell you something right there. That's a futon I got on Marketplace. Those pillows I got at a thrift store. Both of them. One Lily Pulitzer, by the way, which is you know people love girls love Lily, um, and I'm with you. You can so I work a lot with probate properties and seniors right. that downsize. And a lot of times, the um, the families or the person representative they need help selling the contents and the coordination of that. And I love to thrift. I love that side of it. And I always see, well, that's a whole other separate piece to my real estate business. Uh, so much so that I also have a YouTube channel under my name, Michelle Belisari, and my, my SoBoca blog. And I have articles on thrifting and garage stores and uh, also how you can support your nonprofits where you live as especially as a realtor um, by showcasing some of their stores because they make extra money.
1: That's right. Well you know I did a video like I said I've got videos about anything you won't talk about, but I've got well I love estate sales.
0: Oh me too.
1: Well <laughs> I tell them that's a good place to find leads or a house. You know, I bought one a while back that was at an estate sale Usually, if somebody's having a state sale, if somebody's died, they're going into yeah. the nursing home, something is going on in their life. Yes. Or somebody's life, and they're going to sell that property. When they get it cleaned out and get it ready, they're going to get to sign up. You need to find out what you're going to do with this piece of property. And I bought this particular piece of property, did real good with it. It's just a matter of a couple of months ago. I mean, everybody says, well, how do you find most of your thing? There's no one way. I tell them it's like fishing. Yeah. You've got different lures, you just keep throwing that lure till you find one that bites. That's, it's, there's no one, so many of the young people today, they won't know, ask the question, one answer, and they're good to go. And it's not like that. You've got to be willing. I've been through six recessions since I come out of high school, four of them in my business career. But even the first one, I'm working at a cabinet shop. I just turned 18 years old, and I'm worried about getting gas. You're in the gas lines trying to get gas to go to work the next day. Things are going to happen. Nothing stays the same, but I tell people the only thing that doesn't change is real estate. You're either going to rent or buy. I tell them, are you going to live under the bridge? And only so many can live under the bridge. That need for shelter will never go away. But financing changes, you know, colors change. You know, You're talking about my rental property, I've got stuff in them that, you know, when people went from, you know, brass to pewter, from pewter to old rub <laughs> bronze, you know, you hit them garage sales, you buy... Burnt
0: nine. orange and, uh, and yeah. uh, pukey green.
1: <laughs> and now they say brass is coming back, so who knows.
0: That's cool, though.
1: changes, up. but real estate, the need for shelter never changes. Yes. And people say, well, what you going to do if the market gets bad? You know, just because the market gets bad, people still got to live somewhere. They can't say, well... I'm not going yeah. to buy right now.
0: What what you going to do? I agree. I agree with I think that's a, an an amazing uh take on on that because it is true. Housing is housing is housing. Now whether you rent or you purchase uh that's that's the 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 choice that someone makes based on what's going on in their world. And, uh, you know, I think investing in real estate is one of the coolest things that somebody can do. And, um, you know, certain areas of the country are are heavy on mobile land combos and manufactured homes like Florida Keys, for example. Um, And, you know, we have a mobile land uh, uh, property down in Key Largo. Um, You know, there's all types of opportunities out there.
1: It's, it's you know you find what works for you and be open. You know I've I've got a video where in the nineties I uh, I got into a modular home situation for a while and I'm not talking about mobile homes. This was yeah. built you know in a controlled environment. Come mm-hmm. out two halves and we and it went you know it went great. To the plant went out of business and we had to honor contract it. But I showed some pictures of how it was you know and yeah. You know, you know, I was young then. I was early 30s. as so I was trying whatever, you know. But, but I'm going to get back one thing. To, we was talking about the recession of 2008. I think I saw where Pinky came on here a while ago. Uh, and, and I know your friends are Pinky. Uh, and yeah, I, we're I'm good friends. Back. I think that's how I got, got hooked up with you. When we had the store back in those days, a buddy of mine moved to Naples. And so he wanted me to bring some of his furniture down there. I had the trailer that I used in the store. So when I got down there, I was amazed at the thrift stores. I mean, even in Naples, I told folks, Naples is as clean as New Orleans is dirty. And that is a <laughs> deep town, and their thrift stores were good. We loaded that. We didn't come back empty-handed. We bought a bunch of stuff for the store. Oh, there.
0: yeah. It's it's real pretty there. It's but real But one pretty. other
1: thing, you got to look for opportunities, even in the bad times. During the recession, as, it, as we were getting over they were prop. there was property I bought that didn't necessarily meet my, I'm talking faster. I'm thinking faster than I can talk with this Southern draw of mine. Love the draw. But that was property I bought, you know, that didn't fit my criteria to keep as rentals, but I knew I could make money on when things turned. And even right after the recession, I was able to increase my net worth by $2 million through deals I bought and sold afterwards, you know, and that's why so many of the people that are in it now, got in it during those years, 14, 15 and things, you know, was coming out of the recession in 12, 2012. Right. But it's been all uphill. They, they, you know, a blind person could do it right now. That, you know, you throw a piece of property up for sale, if it's priced right, you got multiple offers. You know that's not the norm. I mean, you've been. No, there, so,
0: it's not the norm. And
1: it's not always going to be this. I hope it is. But you've got to be learning more to be prepared when it's not.
0: So we have a couple questions here. Somebody's asking about private money lending. How do you find those people to work with? And a second question I have is your thoughts on seller financing.
1: I love seller financing. Yeah. To me, that's the best thing there is. You know, if you can get a seller to finance, I'll tell you a little trick. Now I've got videos on all this folks.
0: Folk, oh, good. Okay, cool.
1: But one thing I like about seller financing and what I do when I go to talk with them about it, I always have an amortization schedule printed out. And anybody who doesn't know what that is, that's a mm. schedule showing how much you know the principal and how much interest. And I usually do everything 15 years. But most time, when you do with an owner finance, and they're not gonna go the whole term of the loan, but they might. But most time, it's like a balloon payment, which is comes due for those that don't know, like say five years. You may amortize it over 15, balloon and five. Well, you show them what that amortization, is. Here's how much you're gonna make. They gonna say, "I'm gonna make that much." Yeah, you know, I give you a good example. I got a private money lender I deal with, and we closed on something yesterday. I bought a rental house, and he was telling me he's got a $100,000 that's been in this bank. that He uses a lot, and he doesn't really leave it in there long. But he was drawing 0.0, I'm excuse me, 0.80 percent, which is $800 on $100,000 a year which just nothing. He gets a letter. They dropped it to point zero two. That's $20, $20 on 100,000. If he left it in there in a year, folks, people's got a little money. They, you show them where they, and don't be scared to pay more than the banks. If the banks are charging 5%, you give them six, seven, seven, you're going to save so much closing costs. You're going to save on, you know, surveys, all that stuff. And they can make that kind of money. And they're gonna. You tell them you're gonna be playing the bank. There's gonna be a note. There's gonna be a mortgage, just like the bank. The insurance is gonna send you the information that I got the insurance, and you show them what they're going to make. They can't hardly wait to sign.
0: I love that. And and don't wait to, like, if it doesn't say anything about solar financing, ask. Right.
1: Right. It, everything's negotiable in private money lenders. People get private money lenders and hard money lenders confused. And same way with uh, owner financing. Owner finance and private money lenders, everything's negotiable. It's whatever the deal you can cut. I've got one private money lender I use. He charges 2% origination. I got another one I use. He doesn't charge anything. One of them charges me 7.5%. One of them charges me 5 Now, Which one do you think I'm going to go with if I can, you know? Mm -hmm, One I only pay 2%. But it's like I was explaining to my son one day say I'm borrowing a hundred thousand dollars from the guy that charges 2%. Like I said, let's say he had that money in the bank. And he's getting 3%, which that's unheard of, but let's say he's getting 3% on 100,000. It's $3,000 a year, right? If he left that hundred thousand. Well, I'm paying him 2% up front. He just made $2,000. he's making seven and three quarter percent interest on his money every month. So if it was, seven percent on a hundred that's seven thousand dollars versus three percent that was uh you know what if he got three which you know you can't so there's so many things if you could find people that have you know i find lawyers accountants appraisers it could be your uncle joe anybody's that got a little money that wants to make more than they're getting at the bank there's no again there's no one one lure for everything you know you just got to just be looking. You it's know, inspired.
0: no, no matter what, I swear to God, every conversation I have, like this kind of thing, goes back to fishing. My husband's a boat captain. Is
1: that? And, right?
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, even when I had my kids, the doctors and he talked about fishing.
1: We say I'm not even a fisherman. I, I mean, I oh, did when
0: I was know. growing up. And people, asked I know wars. Them. I've got yeah. a million of them in the back room. He does saltwater sport fishing. Um, so I, I, I totally I get that. Our,
1: <laughs> I tell them I don't hunt our fish, but I do hunt them George Washington. So.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Now we have another question. Are you seeing delays in closing? I'm in Oklahoma and I'm selling a property and a title company is overwhelmingly with clo- Oh, this is like a traditional real estate deal. Um, I haven't seen too many delays in <laughs> closings to here in South Florida. That might be a lender issue.
1: Yeah, I, it's, I had, you know, most of them are still hungry because they had those uh, months that they didn't get to operate, you know. And everybody's doing a little different. Some of them, you're doing them outside. Some of them, they come to your car. I, like the one I had yesterday, you know, we had to wear a mask in there. And then the girl, yeah. to, I've been doing business with her for 20 years. And she says, oh, you got your mask on. Let me put my mask on. All right, But, I mean, yeah. it, it's, you know, it's. You do what you got to do to make it close. The whole idea is get that money in your pocket. Get yeah. The or buy that piece of property, whatever.
0: Well, I want to circle back to about what you said about the uh, property. The mm-hmm. One of the, the more interesting deals that you did where you bought the lakefront property and then you took the two lots and made them larger lots. You know, this is where people need to just ask the questions. Like you just said, there are people that do have money kind of laying around and it doesn't hurt to ask, and if you're doing any sort of, um, and, well, like for like for example, when I work with property properties, I'm definitely working with attorneys for sure, right. and they're the type of folks that you know you to certainly ask, like, hey, listen, I know you're working with clients. Do you have anyone who just wants to sell something? They don't want it to go on the market. They just want to be done with it.
1: Exactly. You know, I tell everybody. If you're getting in this business, have you a good attorney? I like an attorney who works at a title company because he knows the more I do, the more money he's going to make. So he answers my questions and not charges me a lot of times. And then, uh, well, it's like my private money lender. He hung around yesterday to ask some questions because, you know, they, well, they're there to answer them and they won't bill him, you know. He's kind of tight. But anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> But, you know, just like your accountant, let your accountant take them to lunch every now and then. Let them know what you're doing. When something's going on in a person's life, if it's a death or a divorce, the accountants and the lawyers are the first ones that know. The accountant, they won't know, hey, how much taxes am I going to pay if I do this? Or if I pay my ex this, what's it going to cost me for this, this, if I got to sell the house? The attorney, some, you know, look, I got to put my mother in the nursing home. We need to get right. rid of the property. of my, you know, they they know about these things. So keep those inroads open. Take them out to lunch every now and then. Don't just call them up. But look, everybody goes to lunch just about. So take them out, spend a little money, work them.
0: Spend a little money, make a little money.
1: That's it. That's it. So
0: another question is: Is there a difference between a private lender and a hard money lender?
1: Yes, and you know, I have never used a hard money lender. A hard money lender is kind of like a middleman. You know, yeah. got a lot of money. They borrow the money from somebody to turn around and loan it out. Right. You know, where the banks are loaning your money, paying you one percent, and they charging four. I mean, that's how the banks make the money. A private money lender is borrowing it from somebody, say so they're borrowing it for four and loaning it for seven. Right. You know, so they're they're totally different. I mean, they have you know they're more like a bank. We, you know, we didn't have, we never knew what hard money lenders were when I started, I didn't, never heard the words I got on Instagram a little over a year ago. Mm. I heard about them. I said, that sounds like Jesse James finance to me, you know.
0: There are plentiful down here in South They Florida. are.
1: They are a lot of money to be, <laughs> be long. And they're
0: expensive.
1: Exactly. It's not, you know, and they'll look more at the property than you, you know, where banks yes. look at you and the property. You know, if you've got several companies and you go to borrow money, the bank will look at everything globally, everything you owe. Hard money is looking at, okay, this piece of property, we're going to loan X amount of dollars. You know, what's going to happen if it doesn't sell? And we have to take it. Can we make money? So they're not going to be as lenient with you. They are go going till you get a track record with them, I guess, and then maybe. Yes. Change.
0: Yes, that's true. That's a good point, you know. And I think with hard money, at least whenever I've had conversations with some of the people that I know, they're really looking at like those margins and what you're mm-hmm. buying it for. And if it's, you can't buy it right, they won't loan you.
1: Well, they've got to look at the downside, but yeah. it's not their money, you know? Yeah, exactly. Money to loan.
0: So moving forward, you know, we've had this pandemic, which has been very challenging, difficult, scary, anxiety ridden, frustrating, you know, so much, Angst and worry, and, and what's going on? What do you see in your crystal ball moving forward for the end of 2020 and maybe moving into 2021?
1: You know, I was going to do a video on this and I'll go ahead and talk about it. I don't think ahead on my stuff, but if I get an idea, I try not to forget a lot of times. I'm yeah. Like, in the shower, and by the afternoon when I'm going to do it, I said, "What was that? 'Cause I don't write. I I do it. If you watch my videos, shower thoughts. Sometimes I sit down. I go do one. I sit down my diving board <clears throat> by my pool. You know, I like to use that as a backdrop a lot of times. Oh, it's, it's fantastic!
0: Incredible. By the way, that's the best backdrop so, and the cigar.
1: <laughs> you know, so I'm sitting there. What am I going to do a video on today? And I'll take a puff or two. But anyway. Oh, uh, love it. The other day I went through the drive through teller, you know, at my, because, you know, you don't go inside and I was at my crib, no. you know, making a deposit or doing something. And I asked the young lady, I said, I like that mask. I said, can you breathe in that one, goodness? And, you know, now who would have thought, they you know, used to, the the, the the conversation would be, I seen one of my buddies, man, I like them boots. Where'd you get those? They wear good. <laughs> you, you see another lady or man, whatever. I like those shoes or the couple, but we're asking about masks. I know. You know? So we have adapt already where we realize it or not. I mean, the other day, my son, and I was, which I was kind of slow to, I still just, where well, I had to wear one when I'm around people and all, you know, but I'm not one that you see people run around in the car with it <laughs> on, you know,
0: yeah no but
1: we were fixed to go into clothes and my son said let's mask up daddy like we were saddling enough to go get it done you know and it's it's just so to answer your question the need the real estate still there people there are gonna go. keep buying they're gonna keep selling you're just gonna be wearing a mask and social distancing and fist bumping instead of handshaking and you know it's it, to this thing's over, but work, the life will go on the world goes on and or the world of real estate anyway we've all been blessed you know i know here in alabama we were rude as essential workers so we haven't yes. missed a day of work and i'm thankful for that you know
0: we are too because um although palm beach county uh is well we're in phase one they just tweaked something i think last night about phase two um uh, but we were deemed essential workers as well which was a godsend because typically and I know I can say this lovingly, it ends up being a shit show for real estate. And who would have thought that, in all honesty, we weren't even part of that issue. The right. restaurants got whacked. The small retailers got whacked. The big retailers got whacked. It, it shocked me, you know, when I got phone calls from people from New York and New Jersey saying, we want to buy, we want to you know, purchase something in Florida. We don't want to stay in the city, you know? So that kind of was like, wow, like, okay, I can do that. And it's, you know, it's been steady. I don't think we're having the same sort of multiple offer situations uh, here. Like, like I'm seeing like crazy stuff going on in different states. We have them here, but I'm not seeing like some of these like consistent, because it like, my feed is not filled with people causing, you know,
1: but I'm gonna take a second and thank all my followers that are on here. I, I hadn't been reading uh, everything. The notes are great. I really appreciate y'all coming today. But you know, getting back what you're saying, you know, it's starting to hit the rural areas now because you st- and the young people, you know, they think it's it's not well. You know, and and I was kind of at first like, hey, you know, I think this is a crock, you know how you know. But as it goes on, and I've known. One person that I used to go to church with that's died from it. He was 71, but he he was old farmer, just tough as nails. I mean, he died from it. My wife's sister's got it. From, she got it from her boyfriend, who just turned 70. Her her boyfriend, he uh, he was in intensive care for two weeks, and her sister's been off work for four weeks. Uh, my real estate agent sells for me. Her husband. Is uh, he got it and their daughter, which got it, but she was what they call it, non uh, anyway, didn't shoot. Oh, yes. I mean, yeah, yeah, so that's a big word for me, whatever the word is. Asymptomatic, so it's, real, it's real, you know, but it's hitting a lot of the rural areas now because they still not masking up and stuff, right? Did. Right, and I'm not gonna get into You know, I know the hospitals are making money because they put somebody on the ventilator, they're getting all these thousands of dollars, but. Just talking about people being sick, I mean, it's real. My daughter's a nurse manager. She didn't get in the business at a, at a large uh, doctor's office. And she had eight of her ten nurses went to a, a shower or something, you know. And
0: yeah.
1: Eight of the ten got got it, tested positive. Some of them were sick and others. But the mask at her work, everybody. she would make everybody wear the mask None of the doctors got it. None of the other people didn't go to it. They had to test 100 something, and she had to do the testing. I mean, they let she right. had to, go to YouTube learn how to do it. Them doctors they didn't let anybody else test them, and none of them had it but two people. So the mask caps of folks say, "Don't be hard headed like me. Wear the mask."
0: <laughs> well, I appreciate you saying that because I'm a believer in the mask for sure. Because I definitely have friends and uh, family that have been sick and. Yeah, I lost a friend of mine who was also a client at the age of 54. So, um, you know, it's a little scary. And, um, and with that being said, you know, um, I think that real estate, like you said, is just going to continue, um, you know, very consistent through the end of the year going into 2021. Um, and there's opportunities out there if you want to start your investment, um, you know, career with one property. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to assume that you like single family versus condos.
1: I, I, I've owned, uh, I've owned multifamily in the past before. I've had student rentals. I, I found, I do a lot of section eight and I'm not a slumlord. I keep my property. People, people get the wrong idea, but when you can rent a, a four bedroom, one bath house or bath and a half and get $950 a month and you've got $59,000 in it, that dog the hunt right there. Okay. And you, know, you get that cash flow. And the good thing about Section 8, when the government shut down those few times here this past year, my checks kept coming. Right. station of 2008, my rents didn't go down. I get, you know, you get part of it from the government and part of it from the tenant. You know, I deal with two cities on the 10th of the month. One of them directs deposits a check into my account. The other one mails me a check by the 10th. And then I get the rest from the tenants is, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. you've heard about, uh, big apartments here all over the country where they're having, you know, tenant strikes, you know, single family. I mean, if you want to be safe and just, and you know, the thing about it, the question I get the most from people is how many houses do I have to have or how many parts for equipment job? That's not the goal. I mean, the goal is you keep working, letting them pay for themselves, buy more. And then when you reach that retirement age, if you want to quit, far as I'm concerned, when I went in business for myself at 29, I quit work. You know, I've right. been myself, but I turned 65 this past May, so congrats. You know, I still like to get out and go to work, though.
0: Well, and you know, managing your own properties and your own portfolio is a lot of work. I mean, this—you know—think about your own home that you maintain and this and that, and that's you know also going back to when people. Uh, know they need to sell. They just sometimes need the little oomph because like six months out of the year, we're, we're in hurricane season, right? Um, a lot of times the properties in, in some cases that I deal with that I list, you know, they have deferred maintenance because people are older. Um, they ignore things or they don't understand that they need to get it fixed. And sometimes the family members do the same thing and they're aware, but they don't have the money. So right. at some point they can't afford to hold on to that property. And they can't afford to fix it. And so they gotta sell it.
1: That's it. It's yeah. Life life goes on. Things change, whether it's single family apartments, condos. Yeah. Something's going yeah, yeah. on all the time. And there's always that demand for shelter.
0: Always. Well, listen, this was so cool. I'm glad we were able to like put this together super fast. And tell everybody like your what's the name of your YouTube channel?
1: My YouTube channel is just like my Instagram real estate okay. old school.
0: Okay, so make sure you guys subscribe, like, and, uh, you know, follow uh, Rick on YouTube. If you are my followers, make sure you are following him here on Instagram. And this was such a good conversation. This is the kind of stuff I like talking about. Well, you I, know?
1: I like it moving. You know, you kind of asked me, you know, sent me a thing and what what I want to, which everybody does when you do something like this. And I like to do everything off the cuff. I'm going to kind of push everything to the edge. I always, I just, whatever you want to talk about, I I, I'm ready when it comes to real estate. Not that I I think I know a lot. I've just experienced a lot of different things.
0: Yeah. Well you have (laughs) that experience and you don't mind sharing it. And I think that's fantastic because you know, at some point it's such a great thing to get into. And I think once you do one, then you go, oh, I can do this again. I can do this again, right?
1: So. Let me share one thing with you if we got time. I don't sure. Know. Uh, my journey on this Instagram and social media started uh, a little over a year ago. I was about two months shy of my 64th birthday. I knew nothing about Instagram. I, knew no- I mean, I've been on <laughs> but I mean, you know and I knew nothing. My son, because I'm like always, I'd been telling him I was going to write a book, you know, one day, and he said, Devil, you need to start doing it, because he, he always ran the new construction, and so he wasn't as involved in the rentals, which he has been now for five years, because I quit building when I turned 60. Two weeks after I turned 60, I got up one morning, and said, I'm through, and people say, well, don't you miss building? I said, yeah, but (laughs) i can get in my recliner and it'll pass you know because it's it's stressful it's totally different than flipping oh yeah being on vacation but anyway he introduced me to bigger pockets podcast i didn't know what a podcast was i mean i've had all this abbreviation stuff everybody uses i've had to learn all this stuff not to look dumb because you know they think all these abbreviations and they spit out i didn't know what Uh... there was and all these things they talk I love about.
0: bigger pockets they're so good
1: well he introduced me to that and I saw that and I said well you know I might have something I could say and I didn't have enough sense no I couldn't get <laughs> on there so I, I I sent him something I'm a big goal setter I believe in setting goals to this day and so when I got on about 12 months ago I sent him a little old, letter wife well what i did was they cut it out i, I got to be on the show anyway while well, i was saying a few weeks ago yeah because
0: i listened party. to it remember i sent you a yeah. message
1: but uh they cut this part out but I was, to get on it I, I sent some stuff of course that didn't work but this is my thinking you know i'm saying well, that david green he's a real estate agent his number's out there somewhere so oh. i got online i found his number and i sent him some text messages and i called him and Never talked with him. Got fine. I said, I guess he figured well, this fool ain't going away, so he told me, <laughs> you you go to their website and fill out some you know things.
0: Uh,
1: okay. So I said, okay, you know. So I stayed. This is like you know, a year and two months ago.
0: Yeah.
1: So I stayed up to one o'clock. Man, I'm not much. I tell folks I can add. If y'all can see, but I can't. I can't. I say I can add, but. I said, I can't spell, but I can add like hell. I mean, you know, I just, that's not my thing, but I'm trying to get this little thing filled out. And I I think I lost it. I was doing it on my iPad. So I get the next morning, I do it. And then I send it. And I said, look, now y'all may have got two of them from me. Just figure out the one you like the best and throw the other one out. So, but I never heard nothing. So I said, well, hmm, they must not think I got anything to say. So... uh, that's when I decided to start a YouTube, and my YouTube didn't do very good. I mad I said, I just must not have nothing anybody wants to hear. I was getting a little discouraged, but I quit her. So somebody said, "Well, try Instagram."
0: Try the. Brain. Like
1: I said I didn't know what Instagram was. I thought it was Facebook for young people. So I get and it about is, is. You know, I think I'm the oldest one I've seen on there. It. They be in there that cuss all the time. You know but I get on there and I start my Instagram page and it just took off. people seem to enjoy it. I like the format. They, a lot of people say they like my videos cause they're organic. And I say, well, they're half ass, you know, cause I don't put a lot into it. I just jump out there and do it. And you know, <laughs> I mean, it might take me 10 minutes, you know, I, I just, I don't put a lot of thought. In. I just say whatever's on my mind. Yeah. And what I like about it, I can be running down the road and I used to do them. I was driving down the road. My attorneys kept saying, You need oh to do it. <laughs> no. Pull so over, you know. But in fact, I got one where the cops beside me, you know, and I'm sitting there talking. So I, ducked, yeah, I, I said, Is he gone? Yeah, he gone. Then I go back to my video and left it all in there, you know. So yeah. yeah. It's just been a lot of fun for me. Like I said, I'm not trying to, you know, when I just well, I mean... write that book, I'm going to sell it. But I'm not trying to get, I don't want anybody. If you ever get anything from somebody saying to me, want your money, I don't want your money.
0: So it's funny because I am 58 and my girls got me on Snapchat, which is how I met Sue Pinky Benson um, back in 2016, I think it was. And so I started really enjoying this like short 15 second videos, Mm -hmm. using the filters, all that stuff. And I was like, damn, I got this. And my girls were like, would you get off of Snapchat? You're driving us crazy. But then it went over into Instagram. And so, you know, I speak and talk about, it doesn't matter how old you are, engage at any age, Instagram's awesome. And if you do have something you're selling, you don't need a website. You can just use Instagram. I mean, it doesn't matter. Or you could just organically share information and be a resource and be a human and connect with people through the DM, which is basically how you and I started really connecting. Yeah. I think Sue yeah. connected us. And then it's like, yes, you can build relationships. And yes, you will close some deals at some point. Uh, somebody will reach out to you. It's not a guarantee. But look, if you're out there giving good information and, and, um, and, and just connecting and being a good person, it won't come back to you. Hey, I've
1: made so many friends. When this pandemic's over, I got places and people I'm going to go see. Uh, you know, I had a condo for 13 years down at the beach at Gulf Shores, right on the beach uh, two of my buddies, and we never rented. Every third week was your week. But let's tell you how much I love to work. We owned it almost 13 years. I never spent a full week there yeah i told my wife i want to travel more and whatever and it was getting yeah. harder to go down with the grandkids and stuff so we sold it we may eventually get an old i do miss it but one of the partners that was in on the deal bought once so i'd just been renting his but just so true instagram you make these friends and i mean it's just uh you know Martin mcmahon he and i he's out of uh, uh he's out of california but my mind just went bank blank uh Near Newport Beach, uh, I can't mm-hmm. even think Coast of Laguna, Costa Mesa, Costa Mesa. Mesa. So he and I do a live every Wednesday night. And I mean, we've gotten to be—we talk all during the week.
0: Yeah. And
1: somebody asked if we ever did a deal together, and we told we've never even met. You know, we just exactly. got each other on here, and I've got a lot of new friends like that, and it's just been a lot of fun. And this helped me. It's been hard for me to want to pull back and not keep pushing that envelope and at my age, you know, you, you, at some point you got to say, I don't need to take that chance, you know?
0: Yeah, no, I think that's a, that's a, yeah, it's a pacing, I think thing. And here's what I see happening anyways with you. And this is what happened when I met Sue and I met so many other, this is a group of us that actually connected from Snapchat. We did all meet in person in park city, Utah in 2017. And we're all social media, like, love it. And that was a game changer because that kind of helped me start speaking more on it. Then I recommend, like, Sue, and she'll recommend me, and then, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so I think, and Sue, if you're still on here, Rick needs to be out at REMAX R4 in Vegas if they have it this coming year in 2021 because we go out there, and we have a phenomenal time. And uh, I'm sure I'm sure you'll be at some major events in 2021. My well, friend. I hope so. You're don't, great.
1: I'm not against making a little money. I am a business. <laughs> it's, fact, a, it's
0: fantastic. Well, you know, you probably know Ricky Carruth, right? You know, oh, Ricky? I, I
1: I've never officially met him, but I, I know of him. And I do follow him now, you know. Yeah. And uh, but he better start following me.
0: Oh, well, I'll send him <laughs> a message and tell him he better damn well be doing that. But you know. um, yeah, he was one of the guests on my podcast, like when I first met him, super nice. And he too gives a lot of great information uh, to agents. And I think it's just fantastic. Well, listen, it's a fabulous Friday. Um, I know that I'm going to chill out this afternoon. I got to go pick up some condo docs, but that's cool. I'm I'm in. Um, and, you know, I so appreciate this. This was really cool, and fun, and informative, which is why I love.
1: Well, I, I appreciate it, too. It, I hope I didn't talk too much. I enjoy talking. I enjoy sharing. So. No,
0: it was great. I want to know a last question. What's your favorite cigar?
1: I smoke Monte Cristo Cubans. Oh, you I've do? I've got connection the Cubans, and uh, I've been on, you know, I'll get on different. I've been smoking premium cigars since 1984. When I went full-time real estate, I guess, I thought I was a big dog or something, you know, but I'd smoked cheap ones before that. And, uh, in fact, when I was 60, I said, well, do I want to quit or keep going. Cause I'd cut way down. I, and I know a lot of people think I must smoke every day, but I'm down to about two or three a week. I don't, yeah. I don't smoke them. But, and, and you know, but it's kind of like one time this lady told me, says, you know, those diet drinks, they cause cancer. I said, lady, I've been in construction for 47 years, full time. I've been exposed to so many that cause cancer. Them drinks are the last of my worries. So you know, I enjoy, yeah. you know, you got, I don't, <laughs> I don't chase women. I don't drink. So you got to do something, you know.
0: You know what? My father-in-law loved his cigars, and he didn't do one every day either. And that's, you know, it is what it is. As a matter of fact, my husband and his brother. They, they my husband's rehabbing a forty-two foot spore fish boat. Really? And for, he's terrible to buy gifts for, by the way. You men suck at that. I hate having to buy him birthday, Chris, whatever. Suck, you know, sucky sucky. But we have a Tommy Bahama here. So I hit Tommy Bahama and I got a really nice ashtray, but for a cigar.
1: That's right. I think That's it's right.
0: got a double so you could have like two scars in it. Because I'm like, what the
1: hell am I gonna oh. get him? There was years I smoked one a day and on a long day, maybe two, but I'd almost quit. And my wife says, look, like you just go. I was down to like one a week, you know. I said, well, I just love them. I enjoy them, man. And they do relax me, you know. Yeah. And, hey, I go to the doctor sometimes. And, yeah, well, I go regular like everybody, you know. It <laughs> seem like you go more as you get older. But yeah. I'm a big guy, you know. I'm 350 pounds. to come out of high school with 249, 36 weight. So I had that athletic build, even though I wasn't an athlete. I worked. Got it. Got that furniture disease. Your chest drops to your drawers, you know. <laughs> and, and, but uh, she'll she say, Well, what did the doctor say? I said, What could he say? He says, My numbers are better than his, and he's a lot younger than me. So, you know, it's just.
0: Yeah, I got you just, on that
1: one. Get you.
0: Well, here's two. If not this year, next year a good football season because we do like our football and yes, I'm not a big fan of Alabama but I respect. There you go. I man. respect the coach and I respect the team so how
1: about that? I so like saying win because it helps my property value.
0: So. Oh, hell yeah. You know, why not? Listen, I'm down where it's like University of Miami, the Dolphins, FAU, you know, we got a lot of football around us here in Florida. Alright, my friend, have a great, great rest of your weekend and thank you for sharing all this great information and yes yeah, so i'm going to save this and i will reshare it
1: out sounds good i really appreciate you having me
0: no this is fun thanks
1: if you don't follow me go and follow me
0: go follow him see you guys if
1: you don't follow michelle go follow her michelle right
0: yep michelle b
1: how do you say your last name
0: belisari it's it's I a long
1: that right I, I, I was it's long it, but
0: I, bella sorry man. just how it looks but i it's you know it's a long name
1: that's all right <laughs> see you guys right. bye-bye
0: bye Thanks for joining me for this episode of In the Hive with Michelle B. Please make sure you're following me at the Michelle B on Instagram. You can also find me on YouTube under Michelle Belisari. I have two accounts there, and you can certainly check that out. If you want more information, great blog posts that continue the conversation about things happening in our real estate business in regard to marketing, branding, ideas hit up sipsocialcell.com. That is my website. And also, if you would like to join Women to Women in Real Estate, that is my private Facebook group. Come on over. We continue the conversation there. I so appreciate you uh, sharing my podcast with other folks that may have interest in learning how to brand build their social media presence online to generate more referrals and presence in their community. All right. Have a great day. Don't forget to check the show notes because I always have new and fresh ideas in there as well, including a course that I have created in regard to working with listing niches. So check that out. Have a great day.